Hi, Mr. Hank is back here again to talk about our new project in Room 407, this. Once again, this stands for a project that is thematic, holistic, imaginative and innovative, and standards-based. Over the past few days, each student enrolled in AP English Language and Composition has received a rather large packet, about 14 pages, uh, that helped to codify the language of the project. So it's no longer conceptual, but something that they can look at. Uh, the, the packet is actually designed to have pull-out pages where they can look and see where they have like a little checklist of items for the base of the project, and then the items that are necessary to complete the different tracks. So tonight's episode is actually called, What's This? about tracks. There are actually five different tracks that your student may elect to be a part of for this and the project that will be completed uh, by springtime of next year. There's an expository track where the student may choose to pursue and explore a non-fiction subject that will result and culminate uh, in a TED-style talk that the student would deliver either to their classmates in their block or this may be where they use a genre called invitation to actually invite members of an audience that they may choose to speak to during one of our independent resource periods or IRPs. The narrative track is for a student who wishes to explore a personal experience that does not have to be a personal experience that's tender uh, in nature and not ready to go prime time. It's, uh, personal narrative just means that the, the story has happened and it's something that they have experienced personally. Now that project, if it's on the A contract, actually results in the art installation that's set up in the foyer area of the English department in the spring, and that's a really neat uh, moment to walk through those projects uh, for the past two years. There are those projects, the expository and the personal narrative, each have A, B, and C contract. And we could spend some time talking about contracting for a grade, but I, I wanted to talk about uh, how sometimes the season of a student's life, uh, when everybody is supposed to like be earning a 100 per se, and the student puts in their most earnest work, but the, the season of the life or something comes up and all of a sudden a, a project that's worth 100 points for everybody for this particular student becomes an 85 or 75 or the student begins to recognize for themselves that a B contract done very, very well that earns an 89 looks a lot mathematically sometimes like a project that was designed to be an A contract but comes in at a 90. I'm going to honor on my side the contract that the student elects to pursue for the project. If that is an A project, the score will be from 90 to 100. If there's a B contract, it'll be from 80 to 89. And a C contract would be 70 to 79. I'm going to keep that contract on my end so long as the student is able to do all the work on their end. And I think that ends up being a pretty neat agreement. Now, if your student elects to take a C contract or a B contract, it's laid out in the packet what's actually required uh, by way of work um, if it's not the A uh, contract. So we kind of know what's happening and we kind of know what's going into that project before the student uh, starts to undertake some of the work. Electing for a B or a C contract does not mean that the student is going to take that grade for their overall grade in the marking period because there's going to be some other work that will be involved there. We can talk more about contracts if you have questions, just post them here or send me an email at the school, but I want to spend some time, uh, the remainder of the time that we have together this evening, talking about the three uh, tracks that are not the expository and the personal narrative. 
because these tracks, the last three tracks, only have an A contract. The first of those is the poetry track. And in the poetry track, the student is actually looking at poetry, writing some poetry, writing poetry that's inspired by some of the things that we're doing in class, and we'll be working with other poets. Another of the tracks is called the remix track, where the student may take a, sub, uh, a serious issue or a subject of the day and skewer it much with, like we may do in the classic style of satire. It really does require uh, a kind of a sensibility on the behalf of that student to be able to embrace that kind of feeling. And we have students who do that very naturally, and some students are moving in that direction. And the final track that we're offering this year is one called the Current Event Track, where the student may actually elect to pursue a subject that blows up right in the middle of our project. We're pretty excited about all of our tracks. Please look at the packet with your student as they begin to make their decisions. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, Mr. Hankins here from Room 407. Tonight's episode is called, What is this. We are starting our brand new project that's going to take us up through the year into the end of the year by way of due date. A project called this. The T stands for thematic, the H stands for holistic, the I stands for imaginative and innovative, and the S stands for standards based. That is this. Students will choose their own subject, which will be thematically linked through all the pieces that they include. It'll be holistic to the student, which means that the student gets to choose it based upon their interest and how they present subjects uh, when they come to fruition. The imaginative and innovative is that they will have to use creative problem solving in order to bring uh, a multitude of texts together into one singular comment, much the way a thesis might do for a traditional research paper. But now we're going to bring multiple texts together. Now, out there in the world of composition, you may hear that called semiotics. You may hear that called intertextuality. In room 407, I like to call it intersectionality, where these texts begin to intersect and meet each other and complement one another as they work together to present a subject or to tell a story or to bring together a new collection of poems or to provide wit and wisdom and a little bit of skewering to a subject or maybe just to take hold of a brand new story that is blowing up during the midst of our, our project. In the next couple of days, we will talk about contracts. Uh, we will talk about the different tracks that students may choose. We're going to talk about supports in the room so that Monday through Friday of this week, with tonight's installment being the beginning, we're going to talk about different elements of a project that are going to be, um, uh, hopefully they will be very revealing and what we are looking for and what we're trying to do in the room and how, yes, at the outset, looking at a project that's this big, uh, can be a little bit overwhelming for the student, but I think that's in the traditional sense of the student wanting to be done before they do. And looking at the enormity of a project for what it can be once I've done that work on the first day that I get a packet, that looks like a lot of work that needs to be done. We're going to give a lot of support in the room. We're already going over the packet. Without reading that packet in its entirety, uh, that packet is going home to students today for the orange sections, and uh, it will go home tomorrow with the blue sections. So by the end of the day tomorrow, all of our students who are enrolled in AP English Language and Composition 
should have that packet in hand, and it should be something that the student reads through. We're not reading through that whole packet in class. We're actually going over some of the bigger parts with which they'll have interest, which is, you know, what do I have to do? What does this look like? On Friday, we uh, did a felt sense exercise that we actually repeated today with the orange students, and that was very successful on the blue days. I'm starting to uh, look at orange days um, felt sense exercises uh, actually this evening, and that was an exploratory process where students uh, worked through an exercise by um, a speaker writer uh, Sandra Pearl. Uh, her work would be very, very well known among educators uh, from the from another generation of educators. But uh, we pulled that back to do that exercise as an exploratory uh, exercise for students to start uh, piecing through uh, what their subject looks like, what it can be, and that gives me something on my side to take a look at to see what direction the student is going or um, if they have a sense of the potential wraparound for a subject that they're bringing. I know that there's going to be a lot of questions about this. Uh, and some of those questions may be framed in, look how big this is, uh, we don't know all the pieces. Um, tomorrow night we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the five tracks that a student can select from and how there may be a temptation to choose based upon uh, wanting an A contract or wanting to do a project because my friend is doing that project or uh, trying to look at the workload of one track versus another track. But the, the project has been specifically designed so that all students are doing some level of same and then the tracks allow for a little bit of differentiation. But in all things, uh, I want to express to you, the parent, the listener, that I'm on the other side of this project managing um, you know, up to 115, up to 120 projects as we move into it and as we work through it, going up into winter break, really spending a lot of time in class during the third nine weeks. I'm here. I'm, I'm here to field questions and I'm here to explain uh, what our process looks like. So shoot those questions my way and thanks for listening to this. Hello, Mr. Hankins back again with a third installment of a series wherein we talk about the new project that the students who are enrolled in AP English Language and Composition are just beginning, a project called this. Tonight's episode is actually called The Project. How do I manage this? In the packet that your student received over the last two days, there's an insert in that packet that has two facing pages. It's called the base of the project. Those 18 pieces that are listed there will be pieces that every student will have as part of his or her project, regardless of the track that that student has chosen to express their subject. So when I looked at that today myself, and I looked at that base, I started to think to myself, this is exactly what a student would see in the fall of a, a new semester at college wherein a professor may introduce a, a large project and talk about it and then move away. And maybe you don't hear about that project again until the due date arrives in December. This is the kind of time frame that we're working with right now, having uh, given the packet out over the last couple of days. Students have that in hand. Now, they should be looking at that. We haven't been assigning homework at night, but that quiet homework really should be uh, taking a look at that packet and understanding what really has to be done. I think there's a temptation in the room right now that we already want to be done before we have 
done anything, right? And we have to agree that good writing is probably never really done. It's only due. Well, this project isn't due until the spring, but there are some pieces that we are going to touch upon in the next couple of weeks and as we move into uh, getting closer and closer to winter break, having a lot of the project already nailed down, at least in a rough draft form. So today, when I had some extra time, I looked at the packet myself for a project that I'm doing along with the students. And I, I want to say that again. I do a project along with your student so that they can see my process, but they can also start to see like my stops and starts and where I have something in rough draft that maybe I bring all the way to fruition or maybe there's some pieces along the way that because they're part of a project and not because they're not a, a product that's due like every other day then I have some levity there to say, well, this, this piece, it, it came out of me and it does reflect my subject, but it may not fit the project in the overall. And maybe this is a piece I put over to the side and save for later, maybe for another project. It doesn't mean that it has to be scrapped or thrown away. It just, it doesn't fit here. And I think that's what I like my students to see uh, when I'm working on a project. Uh, today I wrote a shape poem uh, about finger puppets and I wrote it in the shape of a, of a hand, for example. And it's very childlike and it's very playful and it would definitely fit in the project that I'm working on but somehow it just it doesn't feel like it's quite there because it's not due tomorrow I actually have an opportunity to look at that particular piece and say why doesn't it feel that way and maybe I can go find another student somebody who's working on the same track that I am and run it by them and see what they have to say as I try to talk about them uh, to them about uh, my, my subject my ex Another approach that I thought about this morning too is when we look at that base, that's the piece that every student is going to have as part of their overall project. I actually took a uh, colored marker, a couple colored markers, and color coded my 18 pieces and started to ask myself, what needs to be started right away? What are some pieces because of their description have to wait until the middle? What are those end reflective pieces that I cannot really do right now and I can only do as I come nearer and nearer to completion of the project? By seeing those color codes there, and even if the student chose something that looked like green, yellow, and red, something that seems very natural to me, like this is go, right? These are pieces I can start right now. Uh, these are pieces that can wait a little bit, and these are pieces that I really can't do until it comes to the end and the stopping point. The other thing that I noted this morning when I started working on my own base is I started to think, wow, this 18-piece playground, if you will, gives me the opportunity to get out a lot of the stuff that would probably get in the way of a traditional research paper. This is a place where I can really explore my subject. Just be free with it. I'm going to write this about X. I'm going to write this about X. I want to try this with X. Okay, with this piece, I want X to look like this. We can't do that in a traditional research paper, but we can do it here. What's more, if your student is really creative and flexible, what I found this morning is as I neared completion of those 18 pieces, identifying what could be done and what could be done later, I started to think, have I really selected the right track? By doing this pre-work, I can make a more informed decision about the product. Thanks for listening. Good night.